Good evening and welcome to Matters of Life. I'm your host, John Lucier, and we have a very special guest in the studio with us this evening, and that is my wife, Miss Kamisha Lucier. Oh, hi. So thank you for joining us, honey, honey. Thank you for having me, my love. I'm glad to be here. Amen. Now, for those that have not listened to or been here since the beginning, uh, she has been on the show before mm-hmm. and you know, provides a, a wealth of insight and knowledge and revelation that the Lord has revealed. But um, the Lord has been speaking to both of us about us, many things. And this is looking at, I'll say, the things that sound good, right? If, honey, you can correct me if, uh, if I misspeak right here, but there are many voices in the world. Mm-hmm. And it seems that each one is screaming so loudly or speaking so loudly. Mm-hmm. And you can look at it doesn't matter. I'll say which aspect of the matters of life, you know, whether it's in business, whether it's in the home, whether it's in the church, whether it's in government, whether it's in education, they're all many, they have so many things to say, Mm -hmm. but then there's inconsistencies, A, in what's said, also in the messaging, but then what each thing and each voice is pointing others towards or teaching them to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just a few examples. Clearly there's been uh, lots of discussion about classified information and the the handling or mishandling of classified information between, well, you can say two administrations, but really there's a third because there was the, the, servers and whatnot with Hillary Clinton during the Obama administration. So mm-hmm. that there's three administrations now that have all had incidents pertaining to handling or mishandling of classified information. And then where's the accountability for, for those things? Mm-hmm. There is the other aspect of, <clears throat> excuse me, if you will, identity politics, where politicians are saying, if you will, catchphrases or buzzwords that apply to anyone to not distinguish them as for one platform or one party for another or another, excuse me, but are there only to, I'll say, say the right things Mm -hmm. to the right groups of people in order to, I'll say, demonstrate or pretend, um, well, really, ultimately, is designed to deceive or manipulate people in order to get to that next level or phase position of influence or affluence. Mm-hmm. So, again, where is the representation for the people? And you find that across across the board. Ultimately, what is it teaching others? And And by others, I mean the future generations. You know, these voices come with many... I'll say very, they, they speak very loudly, mm-hmm. but then there's also the, what are they saying and what are the motives behind there? Mm-hmm. And, and again, where this is happening across, I'll say every, every element or aspect of 
all the things that are covered in Under Matters of Life, all the different topics, right? Mm-hmm. Arts, media, and so forth. It is incumbent upon us to look at the core issue of that. And just as I, you know, I've been seeking the Lord on this, um, I'm reminded of uh, in John chapter 12, there is uh, something very specific that's said about Judas. And this is during the time where Mary anoints Jesus. And so I'll read the first six verses, because just to give a little bit of background, and we can discuss the context and, and go from there. Okay. But it says, uh, this is in the Gospel of John chapter 12. It says, Jesus, therefore, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they made him a supper there, and Martha was serving. But Lazarus was one of those reclining at the table with him. Mary then took a pound of very costly perfume of pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was, excuse me, when the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, who was intending to betray him, said, Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and given to poor people? Now he said this, not because he was concerned about the poor, but because he was a thief. And as he had the money box, he used to pilfer what was put into it. So uh, I guess that would bring us, if I was to title <laughs> the show, uh, I would probably call it something to the effect of, well, uh, it sounds good. As in, well, if, if you just take it at face value, on the surface, mm-hmm. it sounds good. But again, what's at the core? And how can we address these things for our life? Hmm. And and I say this as matters, right? Because as we read the scripture, it's easy to go, oh, well, well, they knew he was pilfering from the money box. But if we really look into this, you'll find that they did not. That was not known or common knowledge amongst the disciples. Clearly, the only one that knew it was Jesus. And I say that because if we turn to chapter 13, uh, quickly, it says that, um, this is in verse 21. It says um, that Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. And the disciples began looking at one another at a loss to know which one he was speaking. And then later, so Jesus also gives the, this is going to be the sign of the one who's, who's going to betray me. Mm-hmm. But then in verse um, 27, it says that um, Jesus said to him, to Judas Iscariot, what you do, do quickly. Now, no one... Now, yeah, no one of those reclining at the table knew for what purpose he had said this to him. For some were supposing, because Judas had the money box, that Jesus was saying to him, buy the things we have need of for the feast, or else that he should give something to the poor. So right there, you see, they, they had no clue or concept. Mm-hmm. that They didn't even understand when Jesus said, hey, when are you going to betray me? Mm-hmm. But then they think, thought that Jesus just sent him out on a, another task. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how could that be the case? Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll, 
I want to open it up to you there, honey, because I want your your thoughts, your the revelation the Lord has given you on this, both in this scripture, but also as it pertains to this topic. Hmm. Well, I think it's I think it's interesting um, what we're talking about, and as I I look at it from a, a spiritual place. Um, well, let me back up. If I try to look at this, any of this from a natural place, it seems like confusion and um, calamity. And it's just really hard to grasp and perceive and understand what is going on, why all these things are happening. Mm-hmm. You know, just a myriad of things that would be even scripturally and looking at present day, what's happening in the world around us. But when there are times that the Holy Spirit says to me, Kamisha, just be at rest, be at ease, and come sit with me in heavenly places. Amen. Then you'll understand. So first, I just want to start by covering Hebrews chapter 4. And uh, let's see, verses 11 through 13. And I, I challenge the listeners today, as you're listening to this word of God, don't listen with your natural ears. Amen. Listen with your spiritual ears. Listen with that re- born, recreated spirit on the inside of you that's new and that is alive to the voice of God and only wants the perfect will of God. Lay aside your own desires, your own will, your own conceptions, your own uh, thoughts about things and put on the mind of Christ. That way, when you hear um, the word of God going forth tonight, when you hear this discussion, when you hear things even being presented to you in life, you're hearing it the way the Lord does, not the way you do or... (laughs) Anybody wants you to, but you're hearing the absolute truth of what the Lord is revealing. Uh, So let's take a look at that. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 11 through 13. It says, Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Now, why did we start there? Because the word of God always has to be our foundation. There's no point in our life where we can go, Okay, never mind. Jesus doesn't apply to that. Okay, never mind. Being a being a spirit-filled believer doesn't apply to that. Okay, never mind. God, I, mm-hmm. I can't hear what you have to say because this is a natural thing. All things came. We know that the worlds were framed by the word of God, right? And everything that exists exists because of him and is through him and is for him and is will be to him and is to him. So we cannot remove him out of life's events and circumstances and then hope to understand it or hope to navigate it with any kind of success and not be overcome and overtaken by the wicked one. Amen. That's any of life events. Anything. Anything. That's, I mean, I'm taking it all the way down to clipping your toenails and going to the bathroom to the most sacred and spiritual things, the things that seem the most highest um, and important things of uh, Mm -hmm. being the president or, you know, whatever it is, you name it, he is involved and has to be involved in every aspect of our life in order for us to have peace, <laughs> for, for us to, Especially for peace, yes. to know the truth and to not be deceived and have clarity and focus to go forward mm-hmm. in and with the things of God and, and not be moved and, and swayed by every wind of doctrine. Amen. You started this evening by talking about um, 
the many voices that are in the world. Absolutely, and they're they're everywhere. It's it's not just in in media. We mm-hmm. right. I mean, although much of what has been discussed on media it pertains to government and business and education and you know all the I'll say the incidents, the uprisings, the mass shootings, right? And mm-hmm. and how people mm-hmm. have viewed them based on worldview, based on their relationship or a lack of relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the Lord, I mean our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Mm-hmm. But then also, uh, what we have discussed on this show, you know, to a point is also within the church mm-hmm. and the, the various divisions and uh, you know, I'll say factions even, you know, not just denominations, but the issues that that arise, you know, in life, mm-hmm. whether it's from between teachers and apostles or prophets or whatever, it is, just amongst what's typically referred to as the fivefold. But mm-hmm. can we just call it what it is? It's, it's the structure that the Lord created for his body. Right. You know, I was reading, um, I was reading an article in a, a Christian magazine, um, very respected ministry, and there was um, there was an instance where, um, in this particular article, there was a pastor who had suffered a division in his church and a split in his church, and you know, of course, some of the people left and sided with you know mm-hmm. one one party. Another another section of people stayed with him and sided with him, and you know, it just it hit them very hard, and it caused breaking in that that particular section of the body of Christ, that particular ministry, if you will, and not the respected one who made the uh, magazine, mind you, but just who they were interviewing at the time. Okay. And the the man, the, the minister that was over it, the pastor that was over it was, you know, kind of sorrowing and feeling like a failure. And um, there was another brother in Christ that was there and wasn't necessarily looking for the opportunity to minister to anybody because they were out like riding motorcycles or something. They were just, you know, having some some relative some downtime, some, yeah, some, some rest, some really. fun yes. or whatever. <laughs> and then the the man, you know, he asked him the question, "How are you doing?" The the pastor that suffered the the split in his ministry, okay. uh, you know, someone asked him, the one who was writing the article asked that pastor, "How are you doing?" And then the pastor went, Bleh, you know, and spit up all this other stuff. And it wasn't he spilled vom- the tea. As yeah, the, as it the wasn't vomiting on him, but yeah, he spilled the, he spilled the beans, the tea, everything he had, <laughs> expressed the milk, all yeah, of it. <laughs> all, yes, just what was <laughs> he, happening you know, in his he, life. He poured out his heart, in other words. Mm-hmm. And the other pastor, you know, was thinking first. He was looking at it in a natural aspect, and then he said you know what? He just waited for a moment and got the words that Holy Spirit wanted spoken in that instance. And this is what he said. And I I think it has a a real application here and we're going to build on it. He said, well, don't be upset about this. Don't be concerned or um, feel ashamed. He said, because there was even a split in heaven. Right. And so I want you to think about that. Let's, Let's go to the end of the book. I mean, the end of the Bible and find some understanding and then go back to the beginning. We see where it talks about that um, Lucifer, which was an angel of God, decided he was going to overthrow God. Mm-hmm. And he was one of God's first creations. He was his, his literal first creation. Jesus is not created. He is God. So right. it, he well, says he was he's the anointed the, cherub. Yes. Right. He was the first of his creations and he was beautiful and perfect. God made him perfect and put everything of value and beauty in him. And he had an important job and all of these things, but yet he was not satisfied with remaining in his 
this place. His the, the divine order that God mm-hmm. said and the, the abode, the heavenly abode that he gave him, and he thought he would overthrow God. And so even God, right, the, the God of all creation, who is perfect, still had to deal with dissension among his ranks. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, come back. We're talking about foundation. We always have to look at things from Christ's perspective. We're seated in heavenly places. So as long as the adversary is not yet thrown into the lake of fire, as long as Satan is not in the lake of fire, he is still going to be about the works that he always does, which is to what? Steal, kill, Kill and and destroy. destroy. I think that's John chapter 10. Um, That is what he does. And he is a liar from the beginning. So while we're looking at all these things around us and I'm, I'm speaking life to your hearts and I'm speaking to your spirits, remember, mm-hmm. you're listening with your spiritual ears. You're listening with that inward man that's alive to God, that new creation, not the natural man who thinks, who looks, who feels, it seems, et cetera, et cetera, and who wants to in- enact and take vengeance for him or herself, but the one who is made in the image and likeness of God mm-hmm. and has been recreated after his, his spirit, Amen. right? That one, listen. We always have to remind ourselves that the many voices, we have one voice that's God's voice and Holy Spirit speaks Mm -hmm. as he wills. And then there's the many multitude of demon voices, of satanic voices, of ungodly voices that are going on. And um, once you take that foundation, you can go, okay, and come to that place of rest and peace. It it just takes a load off you. And then you can go, okay, huh. Okay. Now, Holy Spirit, let's build from here. Let's walk because we already read in Hebrews that he is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Amen. And he never asked us to rely on what our natural eyes see. He never asked us to rely on that because he knows they lie. Exactly. And they're subject to human um, perspective. But he mm-hmm. always asked us to rely on Holy Spirit, especially we are we are the church, right? Mm-hmm. And the disciples, when Jesus left this earth, he told them, don't go anywhere until you receive the promise of the Father, who is the exactly. Holy Spirit. Remain in the city don't until you, you get him. Don't, don't do anything. Don't you take a step until you have this relationship with him so that now you're, you're able to go into this world and have victory. Jesus didn't ask us to come out of the world, but, and, or God to take us, the Father God, take us out of the world. But he said, keep us while we're here. And Holy mm-hmm. Spirit was his answer and his method and means of doing that and taking care of us while we're in the earth. So there are so many things going on. But in order to look at those things with any kind of truth and clarity, you have to come and start from the perspective of God is, God is his voice, right? He's Amen. Own, he is the, the way, the truth, and the life. And I mean Jesus Christ, right? And if you love Jesus, then you love the Father, right? But you cannot have the Father without the Son. You cannot have Holy Spirit without the Son. They are one. Absolutely. So if we, if we come from that perspective, like, okay, Lord, your voice is speaking one thing, and all these other voices are speaking something else. And whether it be the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, or the pride of life, mm-hmm. we know that it only finds its roots in the adversary, when, when it's that vain, but when it's coming out of the Spirit, when it's coming out of God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, with Jesus being in his rightful place, because you can't say you love God and then you disregard Jesus and don't acknowledge him as God, having come in the flesh and died for our sins, then you're not speaking for God, right? But if, if you come from that foundation, then you can look and go, okay, now I can weed this out. And something you said, sweetheart, that ministered to me when you first opened you said these voices are talking so loudly absolutely and so and i say that because we we can acknowledge that 
there, yes, there are many voices and they're mm-hmm. screaming loudly, but it's a matter of which one will you pay attention to? Exactly. And, and here's something for us to reference. We are told about the Lord's still small voice. Repeatedly. Elijah being a case in point. And just exactly. look at the power of, I'll say, his still small voice. It provided guidance, correction, all the above to his servant. Right. But if you look, go back and read the, the account of Elijah when he was running from Jezebel. Mm-hmm. And the Lord found him in a cave and he told him to come out and stand on the mountain before him. And then there was the earthquake, and then there was the the whirlwind. There was all these outside Fire, demonstrations, that, right. and that were so loud and boisterous. And there was the wind, and the wind is actually what broke up the rocks. Exactly, but there's all these outward things that are loud, distracting, mm-hmm. boisterous, and even convincing. And what they're doing, but the word keeps saying, but God was not in it. Exactly. But God was not in it. But God was not in it. And then he spoke to him in that still small voice on the inside of him. And that was the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking. That was the voice of God that he was supposed to listen to and now follow. So I'm telling you the same things. Go ahead and read James where it says he, Elijah was a man just like we are. He's a human being. Just like any of us, there was not anything that was uber, uber special, super important about Elijah, except that he yielded himself to walk with God and would believe him. That's it. And that's actually many of the prophets that you read about in the Old Testament. You have the law and the prophets. Mm-hmm. Those prophets are there because that's what they purposed or intended to do. They said yes to God. And they said, I'm going to listen to your voice regardless of what anything or anyone else says or does. That's the voice, the voice of the Lord that I'm, that's what I'm going to follow. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going to serve. And and I love how you, you brought that up. You talked about, yes, the love commandment, which is one thing. We'll get to that. But also about purposing to hear the Lord's voice, getting the Holy Spirit. But then there's the other aspect of now you have to understand his voice. You have to learn his voice because those that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So it's one thing to receive that, th- and by that thing, I mean the Holy Spirit, right? Same as you receive salvation, but now it's another to learn his voice, the Lord's voice, and how to walk in it. Mm-hmm. And that's, I'll say, the next step, because it has to happen. Because if we're not being led by the Spirit, then we're being led by our flesh. Mm-hmm. Or our mind, will, and emotions, what we think should happen. or And that's not what we should be led by. And that's going back to your example with Elijah. That's initially what he was led by was his own flesh, his mind, will, and emotions. There was fear. Mm-hmm. It was fear from what Jezebel said, which caused him to flee, to run, even after arguably the greatest victory ever in, in his life over evil, over the enemy, mm-hmm. and eradicating that from the nation. Mm-hmm. And there was, there's one element to hear that I think is meaningful for your listeners tonight and, and just for believers. Elijah started off in the spirit. Mm-hmm. That's how he was able to come to that victory. He didn't do that victory in his flesh. Amen. He wouldn't have been able to. He was not able to, uh, to uh, complete that or even initiate it. That came from the spirit. That came from listening to God, having trust and faith in God. But something caught him off guard. Something happened that he was not ready for. He wasn't Mm -hmm. spiritually geared up and prepared for. And it threw him off his 
proverbial game, his course with God and introduced fear to his life. Had he been prepared and just kept the shield of faith up versus going, now I can relax. Now I can take off the armor of God. Now I can put down my shield and now I can just be natural man. Natural man cannot survive in this world without God, right? Natural man cannot live by bread alone. They cannot live without (laughs) God because natural man is subject to the to the deceptions of the evil one, but spirit man, spirit man is able to overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of his testimony. Spirit man is able to yield that, that word of God, which is the sword of the spirit to, and that shield of faith that quenches all the fiery darts of the wicked one, mm-hmm. right? That was a fiery dart, Jezebel going, I'm going to kill you, et cetera, et cetera. But because he was not prepared at the moment and he caught, he was caught off guard. It threw him for a loop and it changed his moment. It changed his, his exactly. moment with God. And the Lord is gracious and brought him back. But as we're looking at all these things around us, I'm encouraging you, cut off the natural perspective that Amen. you're listening to and put on the spirit perspective. Put that shield of faith back up. Put that. Take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God in your hand. Put the helmet of salvation back on. Put on the full armor of God. And continue focused on that, not taking a moment to look over here and look over there and look at the natural things. But remain in prayer. And that's, Amen. that's one of the weapons that Paul mentions constantly through right. Ephesians. Right. And I didn't 6. listen, I didn't list all the armor. Right, right, of course. I want you to go back and look at Ephesians for yourself. Ephesians and you, six. And, yes. and you go read it and find out what the armor is, and then you put it on yourself and leave it on. There's no opportunity for us to wash back and forth. I'm in the spirit. I'm in the natural. I'm in the spirit. I'm in the natural. No, it's about remaining in his presence. Amen. I want to read something to you from Second uh, Timothy chapter four. Mm-hmm. Um and then I want to read something from chapter three real quick. This is chapter four, verse three of Second Timothy. It says, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and teaching for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers or another word would be voices, right? Instructors. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables but you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. But now let's go back to chapter three, though, just the very beginning of it. It says, this is verse one of chapter three of second Timothy, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal brutal despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, Mm. having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. Now that just summed up every... (laughs) Every aspect that you talked about today, politics, the church, the visit in the church that talked about um, the school, the education part of it, finances, that talked about everything. The word of God has everything. It is not old. It is alive today. It is quick and powerful, just like the, (laughs) just like the word says, it's, it's still relevant and vital. When it was first spoken. Amen. First breathed out by the Lord. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit inspired his word and it's, Mm -hmm. it's accurate. And it's alive today. Absolutely. But that just described all of it. And remember, we talked about the foundation. This is God. Has to be Christ. (laughs) Exactly. And then there's other voices. And if it's not God's voice, it's the voice of the adversary. 
And human flesh, when we take that moment to put off Christ, right? We go, we're going to indulge our flesh for a moment. We're Mm -hmm. subject to all of these things to become a lover of ourselves, a lover of money and a blasphemer, disobedient to parent. I mean, like you just name it. That's all that has, um, it's ear tuned to the things of the, the, the adversary, if you will, and the spirit of the age and the antichrist. And they all, they all go into back to the same thing, right? Is all goes back to the devil, Right. And I don't want to, I mean, it's, it's just that simple. And I, you probably like, well, that that's too easy, Kamisha. No, (laughs) if you keep it in its most basic part, then you can go, okay, now I can comprehend this. So I see why people say buzzwords over here, right? Trying to create deception. And I see why they say them over there. I see why this one's trying to create division over there. I see why this one is doing that. It's because they are listening to the spirit of the age and they're yielding their members Mm -hmm. to be used as a vessel of Satan at that moment for whatever purpose, selfish gain, whether it's delusion or they're deceived. Um, Maybe it's ignorance. It really doesn't matter, but the works of the flesh are evident. Amen. And so when you keep it in that category, now it's a, you can, you can view these things you can even combat these things by accessing your heavenly language, by praying in line with the Holy Spirit's will and his word, by having wise actions governed by the Holy Spirit, dictated by him. And you can go forward in peace versus being disturbed and in chaos, having your mind all over the place and thinking that person is my problem. That person is my problem. That church is my problem. When it is not the case at all. No, We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Amen. So understanding our, our place and our role allows us to not be deceived. And, and by understanding our place and our role, it's not just that, but it's about remaining close to Christ, remaining Amen. in his presence. Right? Amen. As you were talking, and even the what you, example you gave out of Timothy and, and all that, I'm reminded of Matthew 24. Actually, uh, it begins at verse 24. Jesus spoke and said, For false Christs and false prophets will arise and show great signs and wonders, so as to mislead, if possible, even the elect. Mm -hmm. Behold, I have told you in advance. So if they say to you, Behold, he, that's the Lord, is in the wilderness, do not go out. Or behold, he's in the inner rooms, do not believe them. For just as lightning came out from the east and flashes Mm -hmm. even from the west, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. Amen. Wherever the corpse is, there the vultures were, will gather. Which, uh, right there, <laughs> just even that last line says a lot. Amen. The many will gather uh, vultures, right? But to eat the corpses mm-hmm. where there's dead, like there's there's a lot. And for me, I'm reminded of, just the scripture reminds me of a, a number of different things. But first and foremost, and this is uh, at the core, how close we have to remain with the Lord. Amen. If the elect, those that are chosen to do the, the will and the work of the Lord, could be deceived we have to remain it could happen right and he says in previous verses that um they would ultimately that that would happen and that's why that time will be cut short Mm -hmm. i'm paraphrasing it of course um uh, yeah unless those days had had been cut short no life would have been saved but -hmm. for the sake of the elect in those days um it'll be cut short right so Mm -hmm. is what he says but just how close we have to remain with the Lord, how much we have to lean on Him and the leading of His Holy Spirit Amen. in everything. Amen. So we're not distracted by all these voices and what they're saying and what their intentions are because, again, and, and we, you brought this up or we discussed it earlier, 
the Lord knows, and you read it actually in scripture, the Lord knows the thoughts and intentions mm-hmm. of the heart. Mm-hmm. It, you know, like, and his word is truth. It goes down even to the division of bone and marrow. And that's super close. <laughs> Man, that, yes. So, I mean, that's like razor thin. Yeah. But he knows those things. So. And he didn't have to spend time figuring it out. No, it's all open and laid bare before him. Like he knows exactly so what it is. Why would we go to someone else? Or right, like, uh, and I'll, I'll say it in this way. This is why our relationship with the Lord has to be more than surface deep, mm-hmm. because the buzzwords are not just in the world. Mm-hmm. They're also, include this what the Lord is talking about here in, in Matthew twenty four. It's in in the church. And in the and, and by church I mean it how the religious what? construct of church his body is not his body is is loosely called the church or the ecclesia right but his body his bride are those that have been separated or sanctified mm-hmm. that know his voice that are there to do his will that have removed those things from their their life and their walk that um, are a part or in opposition to the Lord, mm-hmm. and and uh, it's something that we absolutely need to do. We, we hear it constantly in Scripture. Um, I'm reminded of Ezekiel 19, or there's this lament for the leaders mm-hmm. of Israel and, and how far they had fallen away, mm-hmm. and and the destruction they had brought upon the people, but their own lands also. Like mm-hmm. how many people were impacted. Like, um, especially starting in, in verse 10, like the impact that they had on the nations just by following the Lord and, and by Him fighting their battles and being blessed for them. And that's in, in Ezekiel 19. But he says, those, those things have all withered and died now. They've, they've dried up. But then he goes, hey, and for, in chapter 20, he's speaking to Ezekiel and he's like, will these people come before me? He's like, no, 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 no. I will not be consulted by them. Hmm. And, and he tells Jeremiah to, no, m- like, will you judge them? And, and by judge, he means, will you make known to them the things that they're doing that are an abomination to me? Mm-hmm. And and he reminds them, uh, well, through Ezekiel, of all the times the Lord stood up and raised his hand and 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 took an oath to them or swore by himself that he was their God Mm-hmm. And that they were his people, and how many times they profaned his name and violated him, and, and all those things. And and as I look, we as the United States as a nation, mm-hmm. but also the nations of the world, right, have done those same things. Mm-hmm. But this nation is different because we, like Israel, if you will. Mm-hmm. Found with our founding fathers founded it upon the Lord as as we were talking the foundation. Mm-hmm. The Lord is our foundation. Amen. As I'll say, not a, a, a new Israel, not a replacement of Israel, but as a, a, a you know, hey, we're going to apply the same, I'll say, diligence mm-hmm. that the Lord is our God and mm-hmm. we are His people. Amen. To to the nation. But then you have to also look at that and go, well, wait, why would the Lord not be consulted by, by people that wanted to seek him? Well, what does he say in scripture? Is that when you find me or when you look for me, you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Mm-hmm. 
and that is the key. Not just because, oh, hey, things aren't going great. So, hey, Lord, save me and, and help me through this just so I can get back to doing what I was doing before. He said, in, in Ezekiel 20, he's constantly, hey, to remove these things. Remove them. And then he also, I found, which is the other part that jumped out at me and I found interesting, was that the Lord kept reminding them of the sign that he gave them. And the sign that he gave them was uh, was the Sabbath, was a day of rest, mm. right? Uh, like, and mm. so I'll, even Jesus during his time on earth, his earthly ministry, right? Mm-hmm. What says a, a wicked and perverse generation looks or seeks for a sign. Mm-hmm. When he's reminding them here in, in Ezekiel, hey, I gave you this sign, and the sign was rest, rest in, in the Lord that <laughs> he was going, that he was their protection, their boundaries, he provided everything they ever needed mm-hmm. that was the sign or it was it is the sign mm-hmm. so when we as a nation think we have to labor i mean 24 7 mm-hmm. no it it should be for a time period of six you know mm-hmm. i won't even say 24 6 it should be 12 6 <laughs> whatever mm-hmm. this tw- he says are there not 12 hours in a day right so Amen. it should be 12 6 not 24 6 Mm-hmm. It should, there's that time and period of rest. And, and why is that rest needed? So we can just seek and trust him. But also the, not 24, but 12. So there's time that we can, I'll say, rest and gear up for the next day. But also it's built in that we can teach our children, preparing the future generations on how to have a relationship with the Lord. Amen. What's required, but also that they are able to actually function in life and prosper to even greater lengths than we did mm-hmm. during our lifetime. They should have a closer relationship with the Lord. They, the, the nation there, not just the nation, but I mean, let's get down to the core thing, their own individual life, yes. their, the lives of their, their family. That means their spouse, their children, and, and then the future generations, mm-hmm. their community, not just what's in their home and now extend it out even further their neighborhoods, their community, their mm-hmm. state, their ultimately the nation, and then expand that out even further. The, the whole earth should be in a better place as the next generation enters in mm-hmm. and a better place when the next generation enters in and, and the next and the next as the f- each future generation steps in. Right, and it doesn't mean that everybody on the planet has to be serving God. No. Because we already know that's not going to be the case. We, we just know there are people that will deny God and refuse him and would rather go to hell than declare Jesus as the Lord of their Savior. They don't want to be in relationship with God. But the, the dynamic and the power of God is such that it only takes a few of us, right? Because, he says, if my people. Amen to that. If my people, those that have chosen to enter into that relationship, have chosen to not harden their hearts, but to just be willing and obedient. Mm-hmm. fulfilling the love commandment and i, I want to get to that mm-hmm. um if if, well, if we could kind of shift the conversation oh, sure. a little bit sure, because we can't get to all the things that we were just talking about mm-hmm. as in the future generations being blessed and blessed and and i'll say building upon the generations before it and there the blessing and favor of the lord upon each of the generations lives mm-hmm unless we're operating under love and the, and the love commandment. And that comes up in a, in a few different places. Um, 
John 13, and, and I want to go back to this section okay. specifically because he says it's the love commandment. and um, But also because of when it occurs. This, when it occurs in scripture or? Uh, when it as in. Or in life. Both. Okay. So in John 13, mm-hmm. uh, we get to verse 34. 34 and 35, he says, um, Jesus is talking about his betrayal, right? Mm-hmm. And he says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Mm-hmm. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. And it's actually not the only place he mentions that. Uh, in John chapter 15, mm-hmm. well, he mentions it constantly about just love. Amen. Love for the Father, love for him, and, and that's, mm-hmm. that is demonstrated by our, by our obedience. Keeping his commandments. Keeping his commandments, him, keep his exactly. Commandments. Amen. So he says that throughout chapter 13, 14, and 15, but oh, in chapter... Oh, throughout the entire New Testament. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. But it, uh, I just want to focus on just these three chapters, but in chapter okay. 15... Verses 12 and 17, he says again, This is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. Mm-hmm. Right, and he, he continues, Greater love has no, man, no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. Again, going now to obedience. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Mm-hmm. But he says again in verse 17, he says, This I command you, that you love one another. So, but that could only happen, the fulfillment of the love commandment, mm-hmm. if we first love God mm-hmm. and are obedient to Him. That's why this is so, I'll say, intertwined here in this. Mm-hmm. But then uh, again, as I, I said, there was the when this occurs. He literally had just said one of his disciples was going to betray him. Mm-hmm. As in chapter 12. He says, one of you is going to betray me. Of course, none of the disciples know who. Why? Just like we were discussing earlier. They were still used, even Judas. There were still signs and wonders. It, Judas went out with the 70 and he had... Exactly. He cast out devils. He healed, he healed the, the sick. sick. He, he was used or mm-hmm. would have been very evident and obvious to all. Oh, that's the one right there. He, he didn't do no miracles, so he has to be the traitor. It, exactly. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And... um. But that, that wasn't the case. No one, none of the disciples knew who the one was, mm-hmm. except for Jesus. But mm-hmm. then he's still saying, hey, love one another. Love them. And he's saying that, I command you to do this right after he, he well, he already knows he's about to be betrayed. Mm-hmm. But as we read, they had no clue. They just thought he had sent Judas out on on a task or on an assignment. <laughs> To, well, to give to the poor. Exactly. A, a noble mission, if you will. <laughs> right. But mm-hmm. that's that's not the case. So as for us to understand as well, the the important thing is to fulfill the love commandment, even against those that are in opposition for us. Mm-hmm. And, and that means both, he says, love your neighbor as yourself, right? So that's, uh-huh. that's not just those of the faith, mm-hmm. but it's those in the world uh, to love the person. Amen. I don't have to love what they do. Mm-hmm. I, I can be in opposition to what they do, but it should not change my love for them. Amen. And it shouldn't turn 
um, the love of God does not produce works of the flesh. Exactly. Likewise, works of the flesh do not produce the love of God. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes that gets mangled and mingled and confused when we start looking at people and that little pointy finger comes out and, you know, <laughs> we're, we're looking for things to either find fault or flaw or this, that, and the other. There's, there's bound to be flaw. But what the we're, Lord... We're human. We have not yet arrived to our glorified state. Amen. And if I needed the, the blood of Jesus Christ to cover my sins, mm-hmm. then everyone else needs it and deserves the opportunity to have it as well. It's not my opt- opportunity to withhold from them or to say when it's been long enough, it's enough, God. Don't pursue them any longer. That, that, that belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ, Father and Holy Spirit, God himself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the as I know many people are like, well, who should I listen to? Who should I follow? <laughs> who should I, right? Who's right? Who's wrong? Ooh, 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 I know, I know. You know? The Lord and Amen. His Holy Spirit. Amen. And that's, that's what really a foundation of what we get out of this. How do we know that we're walking with the Lord? Because that's supposed to be our first business, mm-hmm. our first concern to make sure that we are in the faith. Amen. Check our own selves. And the spiritual gift um, the fruit of the spirit, I mean, is the first one. self-control. <laughs> yes, yes, but the first one is love. is love. It is love, but it's the God kind of love, not human love, because Amen. human love has limitations, and it quits really quickly, and it's self-centered and self-oriented. Mm-hmm. But self-control means I make sure that I line up Amen. with God, make sure I follow the love commandment, not I'm trying to um, extract the love commandment out of someone else for myself. And... Um, that matters because how we perceive what's going on around us, remember found Christ is our foundation mm-hmm. and we're building up from there. He's our foundation, but we don't suddenly get building material that's faulty and flawed. We don't suddenly put carnal building material on top of that Christ foundation. Every piece, every brick, every inch of mortar, every p- plank of wood, every finish, every fixture, every window, every door, all of it has to be Christ-centered and Christ-focused building supplies. So that love of God is what we use to, when we're looking out of our eyes, we're looking from the love of God, not looking from natural eyes. We're perceiving it from being seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, who even though he knew who his betrayer was, did not mistreat him, Exactly. did not slander him, did not accuse him. He did not judge him. He did none of those things. He didn't tell everybody, look, there he is, and get on my team, get behind me. If you're on my side, come over here, and we're going to be against Judas. He didn't do any of that. Mm-hmm. So this is what he's about to do, he, or, I mean, long before he, he did He answered it. a question. Yep, he did. But so I guess let's let's get to the core, and it's, mm-hmm. the core question is, well, why? Because Holy Spirit said that was what he should do. Is that, or why did Jesus answer uh, why the question? Did he not do, why did he not judge it? Why did he not call him out? Why did he not, right, because this... And I, I bring this up, and this is why I guess I, I, I understand, I know the answer, but I'm just, I want to say it out loud so the listeners hear because mm-hmm. there has been, a, for lack of a better way to phrase it, a, a taking a misuse or misapplication <laughs> of scripture when it comes to judging others and, oh, I've got to call them out because the Lord says to. 
I don't like this or right, exactly. you're hurting God. But before you read that, I want to I want to read this verse. I, I wasn't even going to read it. I just oh, wanted to bring it up. Just Hold it. I want you to okay. I, I want to talk about it, but I want to say this first cuz it, it's a, a another layer that we need to stand on for our building our our structure here. Okay. This is Ecclesiastes chapter 1. Ah, yes. Verses 9 through 11. That which has been is what will be. Mm-hmm. That which is done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which it may be said, see, this is new. It has already been in ancient times before us. There is no remembrance of former things, nor will there be any remembrance of things that are to come by those who will come after. So everybody thinks this is the first time this is happening. Why is this happening now? Oh, the world is going, you know, to to bad places in the handbag. All that. No. There's nothing new under the sun. And as long as the, remember we said this, as long as the devil is not yet thrown into the lake of fire, there is going to be sin nature in the world. It is only after sin has been permanently done away with that we will not be affected by sin anymore. When we're glorified with him and we come into the heavenly kingdom and Satan is thrown in the lake of fire, that's when we'll enter in. Sin will be purged, all will be done away, and we will not see lies, violence, fighting, all of that kind of stuff will be completed. But until that happens, we should understand that there's nothing new under the sun. So the, the one who deceives is caring about the work of deception. The one who slanders is slandering. The one who accuses the brethren is accusing the brethren. Mm-hmm. The one who um, steals, kills, and destroys is doing that work. So don't be surprised that people yield their members to be vessels of the adversary in that way because they feel like there's some benefit for themselves, whether it be self-defense, I'm protecting myself, um, whether it be um, like a malicious gain that they think they're going to get or any of that. It's coming out of the flesh that is being used as a tool by Satan to carry out this work because Satan can't do anything without a body. He can't do anything in the natural realm without a human that will yield to his desire and his advances. That's why the apostle Paul tells us, don't yield your members to be tools of the adversary. Mm-hmm. Don't yield your members because without you, the devil can do nothing. <laughs> if you don't cooperate, he has nothing to work with. So that's why your job is to make sure you don't yield your members. Amen. Not to police Billy Bob over there and make sure Billy Bob doesn't use yield his members. But you're also, if, if Billy Bob is your child, okay, get to work. But if Billy Bob is not your child, he's your, your neighbor, your job is to love him. Mm-hmm. And to love him, not with human love that expires, that ends, that fails, that is self-centered and that will not endure, but love him with the love of God. Love him with the same love that Jesus Christ had towards you, that while you were in your sins, he died for you. And that applies to me as well. So I'm just saying, I'm giving you perspective and mindset, how to look at Billy Bob or whoever. I'm sorry if your name is Billy Bob, I'm not talking about you, but whomever they may be that is outside and it appears to be offending you put the love of god on the situation and view him from the perspective of he christ died for him just like christ died for you christ died for her just like christ died for you okay now honey let's come back to it no so we were talking about um those that have misapplied the Mm -hmm. aspect of judging others actions Mm -hmm. and false teaching and, and all these other mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, 
I want to bring that up because, well. How do you judge what's going on? How can you judge what Mm -hmm. exactly? And based off what? You're using scripture? Well, it's a slippery slope. Satan used scripture against the word himself. Amen. In the flesh, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Satan tried to use or misapply Jesus' own word, the Lord's own words. Mm Mm-hmm. In order to get him to act in a a manner Mm -hmm. outside Mm -hmm. of his nature, character, and attributes. And he tried to get Jesus to um, sin. Exactly. And and that's just just it. Sin, and you can just boil it down to that, but deny God, deny the divine, and not remain in the divine order that God had already, Father God had already set. Exactly. And so even with looking at this, there's nothing new under the sun. And I, I said that before we got into this for a reason Mm -hmm. because there's always been someone who wants to call somebody else out and tell them that they're sinning and that they're doing God a disservice or that they're not doing it right or they're going to go to whatever it is whatever it is and there's a difference between preaching the gospel and saying the the penalty of sin is death and it doesn't matter who you are how rich you are how poor you are how nice or mean you are the penalty of sin and is death and if you don't bring your sin under the blood of Jesus Christ your sin will remain and you will go to hell. That That's preaching the gospel. But going, hey, you right there, I don't mm-hmm. like what you're doing. You're doing X, Y, and Z, and you're a heretic. And then all these words start coming out. False prophets and everything else under the sun. Yes. But then when you qualify that, when you really break it down, remember the foundation is, is it God or is it not? Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ or not? Going, are we in slander now? Or is this the love of God? Is this the love that Jesus Christ talked about, or is this or this accusing the, works the brethren? And of, the there's works one, of the flesh, exactly. In both instances, there's only one. There is one judge, Man. and last time I checked, he he was fully capable of handling it himself. That would be Jesus the Christ. Now, and then there's one accuser of the brethren, mm-hmm. and that's Satan. So then you have to go. Well, who's your father? And 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 in this, we we're we're talking of. Not who's right or wrong in the situation, but what does God desire of his people? And then how do you perceive when you see those things come past your eyes? How do you discern? What do you look at? And then how do you react? And then how do you govern yourself? Because remember, the fruit of the spirit is not me control you. That's witchcraft. But the fruit of the spirit is self-control. Self-control. Mm-hmm. Say it with me now. self Control. I can just hear your voice. Self control. Control you. <laughs> like little children. Exactly. Because love one another. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And your job is not to make sure that I hear God right. Your job is to make sure you hear God. And, and right. not just to be a hearer, but a doer also. Exactly. And, and we, that only happens mm-hmm. by your relationship and it has to be a deep personal intimate relationship with the lord so that you clearly hear his voice amen that you uh, i'll say how to phrase it you you learn his peace his unctioning and his voice in your life and then are obedient to do what he says for you to do for for you and that means that includes governing your household. If you have Amen. children, raising them up in the fear and admonition of the Lord, training them up in the way that they should go. 
so that they know the truth and they know how to hear God's voice. They understand the peace Amen. of God. They understand his unction and know how to follow and obey him. So they don't need anybody else to tell them anything. But remember, Ecclesiastes says there's nothing new under the sun. Amen. And what did Jesus say when it came to this? He said, this well, is the Kedusha version. Isn't that interesting? Take care of the plank in your own eye mm-hmm. before you try to get the speck out, out of, of your brother's else's. eye, yes. out of anybody else's eye, but... Mm-hmm. Right? So take care of self-control. Take care of self-obeying God. Take care of self-walking in the love of God. Take care of self and your household. That's a part of you. Mm-hmm. That's your that's your first ministry is to your household. Take care of that. Now, when it comes to you and your spouse, let God do it because that's another grown human being. But you train those children up in the way they should go. Amen. But you take care of what you're supposed to do and make sure you're right with God. And then let God... Right, <clears throat> and Jesus, who died for those people, the one whose blood was shed for them, let him take care of his creation. So, and you love them. So what you're saying there, with the when you're talking about those children, you mean the ones the Lord has assigned to your care? Exactly. Not who or what he's assigned to someone else. Exactly. His, his servant, right? There's also the scripture, who knows if the Lord is able to make his servant stand. Right, and it says, don't accuse him. Exactly, before, before his, his master. master. Yes. That's, and so I know so, sometimes we get self, self-righteous self and we have that bag of righteous indig- self-righteous indignation we like to carry around with us and we go, <laughs> I don't like that. I think that's wrong. And you may be right. It may be outside of what God wants, but your job is to make sure that you stand, that your household knows the truth, right? Knows the Lord's and, voice and, are, and is doing it. Exactly. What he's and commanded you. pray for that one. Amen. Because God is able to recover. If he recovered you and all of your sin, mm-hmm. if he recovered me and all of my sin, then all hope is not lost for whomever it is that's doing something right now that might be outside of the will and the way of God. They're not beyond hope. If you weren't, if I wasn't. If I wasn't, nah, man, wow. Then neither are they. And it's not our blood. That, exactly. that we can collect and snatch back and go, it can't apply to you. That It's not your blood. It's not your salvation. It's not your personal, you know what I mean? Like you issued this. And that's it's not God's. your place. Exactly. Again, right, we're going back to the beginning when what you were talking about with the, the division in heaven, when Satan tried to assume the role. Of being tried to God. Overthrow, of being mm. God, exactly. Well, hold on, hold on there because there's one judge. And... Interestingly enough, he said, I didn't come to judge, but if I do judge, my judgment is true or is pure. Why? Because he was doing the will of the Father. He did not nothing except what he, what his father said mm-hmm. and what his father did. Nothing of his own initiative, but only as he heard, Amen. he did. Amen. And that is the same thing with us, right? Well, many want to go, oh, well, well, we're supposed to judge these things. No. He says, judge rightly. So what is the Lord revealing to you about what you should say or do and how you should say or do it? And most of the time, it's if you should say or do. It, because exactly. most of the time, he wants you to come back to him about and intercede on, on your life. behalf. Now, listen. Let's look at Abraham and Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, God is, he is a God of patterns, but he has an opportunity and the right to do things mm-hmm. however he wants to. But let's let's look at that state, that, that instance. Sodom and Gomorrah was proverbially or probably the worst place on earth, right? Uh, well, so, yes, so, and, and so, you can also see a lot of, um, well, um, similarities between 
then and again as you said nothing new under the sun what's happening today what's happening today but what happened before the flood right so basically there was a lot of debauchery everybody was sinning against the lord with the exception of a few Mm -hmm. right basically if you read the account it was noah and his (laughs) there was was eight sin riddled and not just oh sin little little baby sin there's no big sin little sin but Mm -mm. it was it was reprobate and it was totally contrary to god and what did god do he went to abraham not to gossip Mm-hmm. Not so Abraham could put his 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 sandals on and go walk down there and tell them all they're they're stupid and he don't like what they're doing and call them names. He came to Abraham so Abraham could turn around in God's face exactly. and pray and intercede for the righteousness that could be found there to intercede for the people there to intercede so they would not be destroyed. And you see that throughout Scripture, Moses. Uh- I mean, keep going. Before the face of the Lord, yes. So again, going back to what we were discussing earlier, remaining in the Lord's presence. So there were there were three that came down, and one said, should I not tell Abraham what I am about to do? So clearly, just discussing the Lord, and Abraham sought the Lord to his face, the, the, in his presence, on behalf of Abraham, the, not just interceded. Lot, but for the city. And for whoever could exactly. be saved out of that, because only God knows. He's the one who's mm-hmm. the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart, remember. Not me. Exactly. Not you. Not what it looks like. Not anybody else. Only God himself. That's Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Whatever they call it, that's what, exactly what it is. No need to question. But if they say this isn't right, then it isn't right. But mm-hmm. me saying it, and I don't think, I don't have a right to do that. But he came to this man, this this cherished man of his that we are reading about today, that we're inheriting his blessing. He wanted him to intercede. Exactly. And don't we have an advocate with the Father? Amen. Who does what? Who, do, who does what? <laughs> Makes intercession <laughs> for us. For all the saints. Right? Yes. Who is interceding on our behalf. So why do we think that now we get the judgment scepter of Christ when there's one appointed one time to man, for man to die? And one time for him to be judged. Why mm-hmm. are we thinking that we have that scepter versus the one that Christ actually gave us, which is the love scepter? You get to love all day long. That's you the get to walk in the love right? of God all day long. But judgment of someone's soul, he didn't give to you. Now you can say, hey, two plus two is four. Sin, this is sin. without Christ. Exactly. Being applied, his blood being applied will equal your death. No, no, come on but, back. And but that's for everybody. Exactly. That's not just your sin. That's not just my sin. That's that's just the the spiritual law that's in place. Bring yourself to Christ. Receive Him as Lord and Savior, and then you'll receive Him. Be received mm-hmm. at the end of the age, or when you leave your physical body, and it's time for judgment. You'll be received. But me going, you're not worth it. I don't have a right to do that. And when None God reveals do. something, most of the time He wants you to intercede before you crack your lips. To do anything, he wants you to come and ask him for mercy. And and ask him what he wants you to ask him about. What exactly. he wants you to do. It should be what he wants you to say. Holy Spirit guided intercession. And then what else if there's anything else, what do you want me to do from here, Lord? How exactly. do you want me to do it, God? Not I'm so angry, not I'm so I can't be, I'm so indignant, I can't believe this, but where's the love of God? And the there's there's another aspect, right? Because we can go, oh well, they're they're not doing this towards me, they're doing this to the Lord. Well, yeah, everything that we do is not to the people that we see. Everything that we have ever done is to the Lord. If you if you he, give he these says, ones a cup of cold water, and you my gave name? it to me, he says. So if you slander someone or you do, you're all that's also 
being done to the Lord. Mm-hmm. So understanding that might might make us a, a little uh, give us a little pause, a little little bit of hesitation before before we judge others to go, oh yeah, Lord, let, let me bring that to you and let me do what you commanded me to do, which was to love my brother or my sister in Christ. And also those and my neighbor is myself. Amen. And those infamous scriptures about judge not and unless you be, be judged, judged and, but right. when it says good measure pressed though i mean shaken together and mm-hmm. you're going to be judged with the same measure that you meet man well if you're judging out wrath destruction you you're wishing that for other people versus wishing for god to have mercy asking for his mercy then wow. what is going to be doubled back to you I- because God has not mocked what a man sows that he'll also he reap. He will also reap. So exactly. now bring it under the blood of Jesus. No need to be afraid, but stop no. doing that. Learn, grow, mature in the Lord. Exactly. And bring it unto the Lord and go, okay, Jesus, I'm laying this at your feet. Because God is the best defender of his own name that there will ever, ever be. Amen. And my job, like he told Timothy, was preach the word. Mm-hmm. He didn't say go bonk these people on the head, go tear their hair out and... and um, humiliate them publicly, he said, preach the word. Exactly. You teaching the word, you present the truth, you be ready in season and out. You do what God, fulfill the work that God asked you well, to do. We also read it in John. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Amen and, to that. And we also talked about who knows, uh, don't accuse a serpent before his master. Who knows if his master is able to make him stand, right? Like God knows if this person is redeemable. Now, it does um, say turn away. Like absolutely. Don't be, don't, if they're believers doing this, don't keep company. And that's another distinguishing factor. Yes. You do, God didn't say separate yourself from sinners because you'd have to fly out of the whole planet because everybody's right. a sinner. You have to get away from yourself because you've sinned. <laughs> but exactly. by you, and I'm, that's the royal you, but we've all sinned we and fallen all short sinned of the glory and fallen of God. Short. Amen. But People but that now are pretty- we are the righteousness in Christ Jesus. Exactly. Amen. We're new creations. The Lord wants us to look unto Jesus, mm-hmm. the author and the finisher of our faith, and let him look to his children and tend to his sheep. He wants that to be done. And you might be saying, well, if I don't listen to this, who will I follow? How will I know what the truth is? Well, as again, and- again follow the Lord. Right. And I want to I want to read um, some scriptures to you in 1 John chapter 2 because it's important. Um, and I want to look at verses 18 through 23. It says, little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us, but they went out and that they might be made manifest, that none of them were of us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and mm. you know all things. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father. Therefore, let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he has promised us, eternal life. Amen. So you don't need to worry about who's saying this, who's saying that, who's going here, who's going there, 
who, who should I believe? Believe God, right? Mm-hmm. Keep your focus on him and trust that the Holy One that has anointed you will guide you into all truth. He'll show you things to come and he will work out his other children and he will get you to the destination that he has for you to be. So you're always safe in his hands. But when you look at humanity, you look at a man or a woman or human flesh to be your guide, you will be mistaken at some point or another, either by them being drawn away or missing it here and there. Even if it's not malicious, they just miss it. And you're walking in their steps versus walking in the steps of Christ. There's, there's liable for missing to happen there. But if you stay in, in, in line with Holy Spirit, if you put your focus on learning his voice versus learning the voice of this one, that one, and the other, mm-hmm. when you put your focus on obeying him and making sure he's pleased with you, not, am I in with these other people? Did I pick the right side? Am I, <laughs> am I watching this right? Or are they going to be judged or but, any of those wait, things? Wait, that's, that's a natural-minded perspective. Mm-hmm. And you find that in business, you find, I mean, in everything, right? In government, certain um, social settings and situations, and that again is a natural minded perspective. Do what uh, I'll say. I'll say it in this way: Listen to the Lord, and say and do what He told you to say and do, when and how He told you to say it and do it. Amen. He, the Lord, is able to make His servant stand. And and, and earlier we were talking about there being a slippery slope, right? Uh-huh. I want to give an example in scripture of why it'll, it'll come out to why it's a slippery slope, right? Mm-hmm. In first Kings 13. Okay. It says there, there came a man of God from Judah to Bethel by the word of the Lord. And he was sent to Jeroboam, right? And he delivers the word of the Lord, but then the Jeroboam says, Hey, why don't you come and stay with me? And, and all these other things, but he says, and this is to the king, if you were to give me half your house, I would not go with you, nor would I eat bread or drink water in this place. For so it was commanded me by the word of the Lord, saying, You shall eat no bread nor drink water, nor return by the way which you came. So he went another way and did not return by the way which he came to Bethel. But then comes this other individual who is a, is a disobedient prophet who literally came to the, the person, the man of God that just prophesied and, and gave the warning of the Lord to the king. That's King Jeroboam. And this, well, you could say false prophet, right? This disobedient prophet says, no, the Lord spoke to me and said, you're to come to my house and, <laughs> right, and all these other, I'm paraphrasing, of course. Mm-hmm. So then the, the man of God says, oh, okay, and he went with him. And then after he'd eaten and and done all these other things, the, I'll say disobedient prophet says, thus says the Lord, oh, sorry, I'll I'll start in verse 20 of uh, 1 Kings 13. It says, now it came about as they were sitting down at the table that the word of the Lord came to the prophet who had brought him back. Mm -hmm. And he cried to the man of God, who came from Judah, saying, Thus says the Lord, because you have disobeyed the command of the Lord and have not observed the commandment which the Lord your God commanded you, but have returned and eaten bread and drunk water in the place of which he said you eat no bread and drink no water, your body shall not come to the grave of your fathers. 
And if you continue to read, you find that the man of God dies. The one that had the instructions. The one that had initially had the instructions mm-hmm. that disobeyed them because he listened to the voice of a disobedient prophet who mm-hmm. lied to him. Mm-hmm. So then there's this question. Well, he lied initially, mm-hmm. but now all of a sudden he he says he heard the word he of the Lord. He had an accurate word from the Lord because that man surely died. So Right there on the side of the road on and the, the donkey and the, the lion like sat said. there looking. Exactly. So again, who knows the Lord will make if if the Lord will make his, or if his master will make his servant stand. Mm-hmm. So it's a very slippery slope. So that's why we go back to say what the Lord says to say and do what he says to you, what he commanded you to do. Mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about what everyone else is saying and doing and all those things. There's one judge. Mm-hmm. And last time I checked, he didn't appoint anyone else in that place. He did not give those <laughs> that authority over to anyone else, mm-hmm. right? To to take up that role, and if because then who would judge that person? Mm-hmm. So Amen. he did not appoint a, a man, uh, and, and by a natural man is what I'm I'm saying. There's already Christ, and he's he is the judge, the mm-hmm. righteous judge. Mm-hmm. Scripture says, Amen. not a another in his place. He's Amen. got it covered. Amen. And I know your your mind is probably focusing on, well, the false prophet, the false prophet. Well, no, I mean, so technically he just turned out to be a prophet who missed it, who had a, probably had a dry spell and was living in his flesh and was willing to lie just to have a, a, a close encounter with the things of God again because it had been such a long time. But he ended up giving a word, but that's not what your heart should be focusing on. Whether or not the man was false or not, it doesn't matter. But the, the, the Lord gives prophet, each of us an opportunity to return to him. And the initial man was judged based on what God told him to exactly. do. Exactly. So when you leave this earth and while you're on this earth, God is looking at, are you doing what he told you to do? Am I doing what God told me to do? That's mm-hmm. what I'm accountable for. That's what God is looking at Kamisha to go well done or disapproved. Mm-hmm. Right? That That's the standard of the metric. Did I, I've received Christ, right? We're already in Christ, but... Am I now walking in it? Am I doing what God asked me to do? Each person is going to stand before him alone. And I'm not going to be in the jury. To give an account (laughs) for what they did. Exactly. And I'm not going to be in the jury of this person, that person, or the other going, well, they were a false prophet. I'll be really focused on my own judgment. And so will everybody else. He didn't say we were going to be in the audience. He was going to take a poll. They will stand. We will stand before him. And he alone will judge. And since that's the case, and since we don't want people, yes, and I know there's a cloud of witnesses, but that's not me sitting in the peanut gallery pointing the finger at you. And the cloud of witnesses is observing. Mm -hmm. Therefore, let us understand what the Lord requires of us and put our focus on him. And if we see something out of alignment, let's open the door for Holy Spirit to come and deal with them with grace and mercy. The same grace and mercy that was applied to our own lives. And believe God and hope for their reconciliation because that's the ministry we've been given. The the the, Amen. the ministry of reconciliation. Not of division. Not of division. And strife not and of exclusion. Apart. Not of throwing people out of the boat or the body of Christ because it's not our body to throw them out of. And actually, quite literally, the Lord says, 
what the Lord put together, let no one tear apart. And yes, you can say, well, that's applying to marriage. What? It's also applying to his body. I'm telling you what. But fulfilling, so so I say that to, to say this, right? All of that. We have to walk in love. We mm-hmm. have to fulfill the love commandment. Amen. The love commandment, walking in love, is vital to the body of Christ. That's how he said all all will know that you are my disciples by your love for one another. Amen. And what does that love do? Well, if we look at Christ's ministry and the ministry he gave us, yes, he gave us the ministry of reconciliation, reconciling all things back to the Father or as it says to himself, right? But what the Lord used to describe his ministry? He used Isaiah 61, which you read about in Luke 4. Mm-hmm. Right, it says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives and freedom to prisoners, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance to our God, to comfort all who mourn. Liberty. Mm-hmm. Not lawlessness. Not lawlessness. (laughs) Liberty. Liberty Mm -hmm. to bring liberty to captives, to those in bondage. Amen. Love does that. That's that's why we were redeemed, because God is love. For he so loved the world. And he's exactly and he he so loved his only begotten son. Amen. Amen. So his love did that. His Mm -hmm. love redeemed us Mm -hmm. from death, sin, and the curse. Amen. And if you look over at first, not his judgment. Exactly. And if you look at first Corinthians chapter 13, this is talking about the God kind of love and the beginning opens up. If you, you speak with the tongue of men and of angels and have not love, I, I've become, or he says, if I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, I've become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And although, and though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, but I, but have not love, I'm nothing. So that means you could have a worldwide mega ministry, uh, uber, uber, super duper following and some mm-hmm. million likes and shares and subscribers and all of this stuff, do great works and lead millions of people to Christ every day. But if you don't have the love of God, mm-hmm. you're nothing. It's nothing. That's the distinguishing factor of are we walking with God or not? Are we walking in Christ or not? If the love of God is not evident in everything that we do and say, then we're missing it somewhere. I'm not saying we're not saved. I'm saying we're missing it and we need to align ourselves to the love of God because the love of God suffers long in his kind, does not envy, does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away with. So that means when we go into heaven, we're not going to be speaking in tongues because we're, we're in the heavenly <laughs> arena. We don't need a different language because we're, we're back home, right? We're not ambassadors 
dispatched anymore. We've returned home. There's no need to prophesy in heaven because we have Father God, the Lord Jesus Christ and Holy Spirit right there, and we are breast to breast. And, and the testimony to of Jesus him. is the spirit of prophecy. Amen. So we're testifying of him now, but by the time we get there and sin is done away with, right? We, we the, will the be with the bridegroom. Exactly. There's no sun. There's no mm-hmm. sun or moon because he provides the light. So we're we're one with him again. But what's going to abide there? Faith. Hope, Hope and love. And love. And the greatest of these is love. Amen to that because God is love. Amen. God is love. Amen. So probably going to, to close there. But I just want to encourage you. Uh, those in the faith. And I'll say as we move forward, not just within the body of Christ or as the bride of Christ, our interactions with one another, but also how we engage or interact with the world. Mm -hmm. It should be, I'll say, soaked in in the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. But again, as you just pointed out, honey, God is love. Amen. So it should be dripping, oozing, soaked in love Mm -hmm. coming out from us, mm-hmm. which is him and his light. Amen. And as you're observing the people around you, Congress, the things that, and it, it makes you angry and you want to say to yourself, I hate them. Remember what our Lord and Savior said about that. If you hate your brother mm-hmm. and then you say you love God, you are a liar. So don't indulge those thoughts, put them away from you and let that be a reminder and encourager for you that you've gone into your flesh and go, okay, I need to step away from that. Let me take my seat in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Let me offer the love of God, not hope for their demise, not rejoicing in their fall, but thanking God that he's able to do both. He's able to um, take away the ability of people in leadership to hurt others and, and wreak havoc because that's also his soul. love. His love does not allow his own exactly. to endure beyond what exactly. they can bear. And he's able to save the soul of the mm-hmm. one who's doing it. So don't wish for their death. Don't hope for that. The patience of the saints is knowing that our God is a just judge and he is a good God and he will take care of what he said he would do. So you don't need to come outside of the love command in order for that to happen. Actually, you're a stumbling block and an hindrance. Mm-hmm. So don't enter into hate because that means you've exited the place that you are to abide, which is in the love of God. But pray for their salvation. Ask God for justice because he's a just God. Ask him mm-hmm. for mercy because he is a good God. And as has become, I'll say, the slogan or motto, if you will, for this show, right? Live righteously and do justice or do justly, which is exemplifying the love of God Amen. in our lives. Amen. Amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful evening.